Welcome to the Southside Sermons Podcast. I am Christopher Campbell, pastor of Southside Baptist Church, located in Decatur, Alabama. This message you're about to hear is from God's Word and is offered to you with this prayer that God would give you eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to obey His Word. May your faith be strengthened in Jesus and may you grow in your knowledge of Him. How do we, as God's people, enjoy success and prosperity? Not the success and prosperity that the world defines as success and prosperity in terms of wealth or status, but how do we enjoy the success and prosperity that is a gift of God? Well, the answer is for us to do God's will. And we cannot do God's will if we do not first know what it is. God has revealed to us, his people, his will. And that revelation comes in the form of his word. So as we approach the scriptures and hear from them, we are receiving what God's will is for his people and for us as his church. Verse one, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses's assistant. Notice that the Lord is the one who is initiating this action. The book of Joshua begins with the Lord speaking to Joshua. Now, this happened in God's time, after the death of Moses. Not while Moses was alive, but after Moses' death. It was then that the Lord spoke to Joshua. And this is a reminder for us that God is a God of perfect timing, that God's purposes, God's plans will unfold on God's timeline, not our own. And furthermore, God's purposes and plans unfold through the people that God appoints, not the people that we appoint. God's will, God's ways, not ours. After the death of Moses, we know who Moses is. Moses is the one who led God's people out of Egypt, out of slavery. Joshua will be the one who will lead God's people in, into the land God had promised to them, God's gift for them. Our salvation, our life in Christ is not one-dimensional. It's not just what God is leading us out of, out of sin, out of the flesh, out of the law, out of our old self. It's also about what God is leading us into, into his grace, into a life lived by the Spirit, into the new creation that God is making us, into his body, his church. And so it's multidimensional. And we need to gear our minds to think this way not only about what's been done in the past, but what is being done now 
and also in the future. This is what Hebrews said when it said we need to move on from milk, moving on from infanthood, and moving on to eating solid food as those who are mature in Christ. We press on. And this book of Joshua is about God's people pressing on into what God has for them, preparing the way for future generations that are to come. Notice that Moses had to die before God's people were able to go into the land. This is because Moses had broken faith with God before the people of Israel. He had sinned. And the consequences of that sin was that Moses would not enter into the land. He was allowed to go up on a mountain and see with his eyes the land. He was not allowed to go in to it. In the same way, Jesus had to die so that we might be brought in to the family of God and conformed to his image and brought in to all of the spiritual blessings in Christ in heavenly places. And so as we see this succession plan from Moses to Joshua, we're reminded also that Jesus is the one in whom all things find their fulfillment. Jesus is the one who brings us out. Jesus is also the one who brings us in. Well, here in Joshua, Moses brought the people out, but Joshua will bring them in. And Joshua, the son of Nun, is described as Moses' assistant. And it's this phrase, Moses' assistant, that I've lifted out of the scripture to serve as our title for this message. Because God has chosen, God has appointed Moses' assistant to be the one to carry on the work of the servant of the Lord, Moses. And at the very end of this book of Joshua, Joshua is not called Moses' assistant any longer. He's called the servant of the Lord. Joshua was Moses' assistant from his youth, from when he was very young. He was with Moses when God instructed Moses to go up onto the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments, to receive God's instruction. He was with Moses when God spoke to Moses face to face. He saw these events transpire. He knew that these events had happened. And all the while, he was Moses' assistant. God was preparing him for this very purpose, to lead God's people in. Joshua didn't know it at this time. But by this time, Joshua by being faithful in the role that God had given him as Moses' assistant, was being prepared and given experience, experiencing God's grace, God's faithfulness, God's miraculous power and workings. He was being prepared to do this work. And the same is true of you. Whatever your role is right now, you may feel like an assistant. You may feel like you're not doing great things. But likewise, God is preparing you for whatever he is preparing you for.
Verse two, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Moses, my servant, is dead. Will God's purposes cease when you die? And the answer is no. God always has a succession plan because God never changes. We're going to see that here in a moment. God will carry on his work through someone coming after you. The question is, are you preparing someone? That's what discipleship is. That's what it means to be a mentor in the faith, a father or mother in the faith, to raise up a child in the faith, to carry on the work that God has carried on through you. I remember my first job out of college. I had worked there for a year, and the time came for my family to relocate and move. And I had to put in my two weeks notice. I was pretty nervous about doing that because I felt like my employer trusted me and had given me a lot of responsibility. And I didn't want to tell them that I would be leaving. I asked people for advice and one person told me, everybody does it. And that brought me some comfort. But then someone said this to me. They said, Christopher, you're thinking too highly of yourself. They'll forget about you after three days. I laughed, but I found that to be true. Because you know what happened? I never heard from anyone in the company after I left. And the company kept going on without me because they found someone else to do the work that I had been doing. We as believers, if we fail to obey God, God will find someone else. But if we are used by God, if we are obedient so that God uses us, we can have comfort that when we die, God will carry on that work through someone else. And what a treasure and joy it is if we are able to invest in someone else in depositing the faith, depositing God's word in another, sharing with them all that God has done for us in our lifetime and his mighty works and his faithfulness, to let those disciples, those followers see those things in us so that they're strengthened and encouraged when God calls them to carry on the work. Give some thought to that. Who is it that you're discipling? Who is it that you're investing in? Ask that God give you such a person so that you can pass on the faith to a future generation. And so it is that God passes on the responsibility of leading God's people from Moses now to Joshua. Verse three says, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you just as I promised to Moses. That means God's word will pass from Moses to Joshua unchanged. God's promises spoken remain. Verse four, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, 
all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Verse 4 reveals to us that this gift of God, this promised land, is not figurative. It is literal. It is a very real land with boundaries that God is giving to his people. And likewise to us as the church, God gives us every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Jesus Christ. And these are very real blessings that we inherit in Christ. They're not figurative, they are a reality. Verse five, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. And so just as verse three, God's word, God's promises will pass on to Joshua, verse five tells us that God's presence will pass on from Moses to Joshua. God will be with Joshua just as he was with Moses. And God will never leave or abandon Joshua. We saw Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 13 and verse five, quote from this text in the context of contentment that we as Christians living according to the ways of Jesus can live with a contentment. Why? Because God is with us. And in the same way, God is saying to Joshua, I will be with you and you can be content in this promise. Verse seven says, only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go. God is not giving Joshua free reign to do whatever he wants to do and assures him that God will be with him and he'll find success in whatever he endeavors. God is telling Joshua, if you fulfill this purpose that I'm giving to you, my way, according to my word that I spoke first to Moses, I will be with you and you will have success. Christian, the same is true of us. God does not give us prosperity and success in whatever we wish or desire, but God does give us success and prosperity in his will as we desire and seek to live according to his word. On Southside's website, the homepage, I put these words, that we are God's people, God's way. For this very reason, we will find success as a church and prosperity as a church in all of God's will if we do God's word, if we obey God's word, God's ways. And we can be assured that God will be with us in everything that we do according to his will, that we ask and pray to him according 
to his will as revealed in his word. This is powerful and this is encouraging for us. Verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. Now, underline that phrase, book of the law. And that word law is the word Torah. It's the word that means law or instruction of God. So God's written will. Why was it put in a book? This is a culture that passed on teachings orally, by mouth. Yet here, the instruction of God is written down in a book. Why is it written down in Scripture? So that God's instruction, God's law may be passed to the next generation. That's why it was written. Church, as we seek to be a people who pass on the faith to the next generation, how do we do this? We do this by being a people who know God's word and who understand and comprehend God's word. That's what it means to meditate on it. And we understand it so that we might apply it and live it out. And in doing so, we're depositing that word in future generations. And this is why what my role as a pastor is centered around is a ministry of God's word and prayer and helping to communicate God's word in the power of the Holy Spirit to us so that we might live by it, so that we might pass it on to future generations. If you study the history of Israel, it's when they turn from God's word, they reject his ways, that they face judgment. And so we as God's people must be united in our obedience to God's word and to the leaders that God has appointed to minister God's word to us. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. You will not prosper, you will not have success if you do not live according to God's instructions. Verse nine, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? This is now the third time those two words have appeared bringing emphasis to them, be strong and courageous. These are fighting words. It's a battle cry. They're two words when found together that represent a battle is coming, a conflict is coming. And this is the tension in this passage. God has assured his word, his promises. God has assured of his presence, but yet there's still conflict awaiting. There's still challenges awaiting, challenges that require Joshua as the appointed leader to be strong and courageous, to lead the people to face those challenges ahead. What is it that God says to Christians? He says, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. 
You see, even as Christians, this is true for us as well. We have God's promises, we have God's word, yet we are engaged in a battle, in spiritual warfare. We are to be strong and courageous. But one of the great gospel proclamations seen in Joshua and carried forward to us today is this. God is the one who fights for us. God is the one who will fight for his people. God is the one fighting for you and for me and for his church. We are to simply obey and to be strong and courageous in him. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God's presence casts out fear. I have two young children, and occasionally at night they'll wake up in fear, had a bad dream, or heard a scary noise. I've tried going to them in those moments and saying, don't be afraid, go back to sleep. Did you know that never works? <laughs> Instead, what they so desire is my presence, the presence of their daddy or the presence of their mommy. And that is what gives them peace and comfort to not fear and to go back to sleep. And so I'll sit on the corner of their bed or kneel down on the floor next to their bed and for a few moments, I give them my presence and they are not afraid. In the same way God's presence does this for us, what are you fearful of? Hear this, in Jesus Christ, God is present with you. Do not be afraid. How did the people respond? Joshua spends the rest of chapter one explaining to the people what God has just given to him and what they are about to do. And chapter one really frames the rest of the book of Joshua and what we will see transpire with the people taking the land and dividing up the inheritance and serving God and rest in the land. But here's what the people say. Look at Joshua chapter one, verse 16. They answered Joshua, all that you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your commandment and disobeys your words, whatever you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. And so the people affirm this as well. They desire for Joshua to be strong and courageous. They desire for him to lead in the presence of the Lord on their behalf, according to God's instructions that he has given through Moses. And obedience is something that is done in unity as a people, so much so that if anyone disobeys Joshua's commands, understanding that Joshua's commands are God's word, Joshua knowing God's word, and Proclaiming that to the people, if anyone goes against God's word through Joshua, they are to be put to death. They will be put to death. 
because unity means everyone is united in that same mission. And in that unity, they will find the success, but not if someone transgresses, not if someone goes against God's word. We're going to see this played out in Joshua and what happens as well. So this is important now to set the framework for what is to come. What about in the life of the church? Hebrews taught us, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17, that we are to obey our leaders and submit to them who are keeping watch over your souls as those who must give an account. The same type of unified obedience within the church carries forward from Joshua to the time of the church. We are to obey God's appointed leaders who are leading according to God's word because in doing so, we learn and live God's way. God's way for all of us begins in Jesus. Jesus is the one who brings us out of our sin. And Jesus is the one who brings us in to new life. If we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. Jesus had to die first so that we might be brought in to God's gifts of his presence with us and all the spiritual blessings in heavenly places. And Jesus died on the cross for our sins, shedding his blood as an offering in our place so that we might be forgiven if we will turn from our sins and trust him by faith and his work for us. God's people must be united in obedience to his word in order to inherit the success of his will that is guaranteed by his presence. Joshua 1 tells us that we are to be strong and courageous. What does it mean to be strong and courageous as a Christian? What kind of things are you to be strong and courageous in? What about God's word? Meditating upon it day and night. Do you know God's word? Do you care to know God's word? To understand what it means? To apply it to your life? This is essential for God's people in the time of Joshua and it is essential for us today. I hope you're planning to join me through this preaching series through Joshua. It will last 16 weeks. You can visit southsidebaptist.net under the preaching tab and see where we're going each week and read the scripture text ahead of time, preparing to hear from God's word. I'll see you next week. Go now in the grace and peace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you again for listening to this message. I pray that God would accomplish his purpose in you through the preaching, hearing, receiving, and believing of his word. If you wish to share any comments or questions about the message you have heard, 
please call Southside at 256-353-8814 or visit us on the web at southsidebaptist.net. Also, make sure to subscribe or follow this podcast to receive a new message each week.